Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Now this morning I want to start out with a sermon that, um, well actually a series I want to call Detox. <coughs> Sorry. Now about three weeks ago, um, well three, yeah, three weeks ago I was running one morning, or I was cycling, I can't remember, but usually when I cycle or run I speak a lot with, with God. I have an amazing conversation time, I love taking my bike into the mountains, just go up, up, up as high as I can and just speak to the Lord. And it's usually the time when the God speaks to me the most, you know, and, and, um, and, and it's just amazing that moments that I find God and, and the way I enjoy life, I love being active. But as I was um, I think I was cycling. As I was cycling, I was praying about the last three weeks. Lord, how do we end this year? What do we do? And, and, I, and God spoke to me and gave me one word, said detox. And, and I was cycling. I thought, yeah, it's just me. I was accidentally thinking about maybe, maybe we should do a detox before the end of the year and just get all the, all the um, what do you call it, all the eating of the, the lockdown out of us <laughs> and, just, and just detox properly. And I thought, no, it's just me. You know, I've been thinking about detox. Maybe, maybe it's just that. And, but as I was starting to praying through this thing, I really felt that, that, that God is reminding not only me but us as a body, as a church, as, as, a, as a body of Christ, remind us about this word detox. And and I want to dive into that for the next three weeks. But let me give you a bit of a foundation before I go into that, before you think what it is and it, it, it is actually not. Now, if you think about what the word detox means, it is defined as a time when you purify your body of toxins. Easy definition. Very easy. But I want to, want to get it out there so we know that's what detox means. It's not just... Um, there's so many variants of detox nowadays, and you can drink this or you can do that or train this. But this is what it is. It purifies your body of toxins. That's what it is. Now, a toxin is a harmful substance that enters your body through consumables, so what you consume on a daily basis. Toxins comes into your body and it goes out, and toxins are usually removed by your immune system. And then it's, it's through your kidneys and your liver, it, it, it's been worked out of your body, but... If your immune system is down, then that toxin remains in your body. And that's where the issue usually comes. See, toxin starts to build up on our bodies and build up and build up. Um, and, and then you start getting various symptoms in your, in your body, various normal symptoms. And when you get symptoms, your body actually tells you, you, you that maybe you should detox. Maybe you should start eating more healthy just for a couple of weeks or fast. Or uh, they actually say that fasting is the best detox you get, to be honest. Your body literally heals itself. They, they spoke about this. There's some, there's some uh, um, uh, oh my goodness, where is my English this morning? There was a um, bevisa of um, proof. Yeah, they have some proof and studies. There we go. Studies that they did that says that people, cancer patients, actually get cancer free from just fasting two weeks a month. And as they were fasting, their bodies literally heal themselves. It's amazing, amazing. Now, there's so many places toxins can come into our bodies. There, there is environmental things that we breathe in. There's lifestyle, uh, what we eat and drink. There's metabolic reactions that we have. There is emotional pressures, fear, stress, whatever those things. That's how toxins enters our bodies. But most of the time when we speak about detox, we speak about our body. Am I right? We speak about our physical body, our health. 
But as our knowledge as a human race has grown, um, and our natural world has increased, well, our knowledge of the natural world increases through ages. But as our knowledge of a natural world and, and what we eat and shouldn't eat increases, sometimes our spiritual knowledge decreases. And it, it truly is. You see, human arrogance is one thing, but human arrogance believes, um, blindly believes that, that I can fix all life's problems. <laughs> Come on, men. I mean, that's, that's sometimes how we are wired. I can fix it. My wife comes with something. It's like, no, don't worry, I'll fix it. And then later I make a bigger mess than anything. I just should have called the plumber or did something. But there can be no peace within, without, if there's no peace within. There can be no peace without if there's no peace within. And that's the, that, that's the essence of, of today. See, it's very important to know that just as much as our bodies need a detox, so much our soul need a detox. Our soul need a detox. See, we need to understand, and this is very important for, for how we do life, and, and this is very important. We do not have a body, we do, we do not have a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. So we need to change that around. We are not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. But let me give you a bit of a, of a foundation in terms of body, soul, spirit. John 4, 24 says the following. God is spirit, and, that, and, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now this is a more important, very important. Since God is spirit, since God is spirit, He deals with us on the basis of who we are in the spirit. Does it make sense? Since God is spirit, He deals with us. He works with us. He speaks with us in the basis of who we are in our spirit. Now, this changed everything if you think of body, soul, spirit. See, we worship God based on who we are in the spirit, not who we are in the flesh. Does it make sense? It's something you can choose on. And this is very important this morning that, that, that we are spirit first. We have a soul we live in a body. Okay, that's the normal basic, basic of it. We are spirit first. God created our spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. Now, let me explain this very quickly before we go into what I actually want to say this morning. When I get born again, when I have that moment of born again, that salvation moment, God comes and gives me a new spirit. He gives me. He doesn't come and fill my spirit. He gives me a new spirit. And everything that I need in my spiritual life as a human being, I already have in my spirit. I have. It's like when I get born again, or it's a moment that you receive your, say, your, a brand new car. When you get into the car, they don't just give you the wheels. They say, now you have to grow into the body and the steering wheel. They don't just give you the wheels and the steering wheel. They give you the entire car when you buy it. The same as God, when you get to a place of salvation, there is a totality of fullness of your spirit that God gives you. Now, our soul is also the place where, where we have our mind, our will, and our emotions. Now, this is where we experience God in our, through our spirit. That, that's where we experience. That's where we, we, we experience emotionally. But our soul is also the place where we are tempted. That's the place from where we sin, actually. Does it make sense? See, that's why our soul needs a detox. Because our spirit can't be detoxed. It's perfect. And I always say, 
the, the one that you feed the most will overflow in the others. So we need to feed our spirit so that it can overflow in our soul, so that it can have an effect on our body. But if you start feeding your soul more than your spirit, then your soul starts running over into your body. Your soul can't have an effect on your spirit. It just pacifies your spirit. Now this is what I want to speak to, do, to you about in the next three weeks. Our soul needs to detox as much as our bodies need a detox. And actually in this age, and the era we were living in, in media, social media, all these things, we live in an information age, we actually need soul detox even more than anything else. Now listen to what Genesis 2 verse 7 says. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. A living soul. When you get born again, God comes and he, he activates your spirit. Now, I've read a story of a husband and wife who were married for 40 years, and after 40 years, the, the wife died of lung cancer. And, but, but she never smoked. And then after they, they spoke to the man, they realized he was a chain smoker for 40 years, and she died of secondhand smoke inhalation. She was inhaling secondhand smoke all her life, and, and it's just one story. I think there's thousands of those type of stories. Now, I believe that, that many of us in our souls today are breathing the secondhand toxins of our culture. We are. And it's literally impacting our souls. It is. We are breathing all these nonsense. Since lockdown started, we've been hearing all these, I mean, stories about end times, this times, this thing, now this, and you have to do this. And, and, it's, and it's, some of it is, is, is not very pure at heart. I had to constantly discern, Lord, what is this? Is this it? Is this it? Then, I mean, and there was so much toxins we had to breathe through lockdown. Now, especially now, we went through this challenging year and a challenging season and things that, that we're still facing for next year, but we've been through this 2020 year of really struggling that I felt, I don't know about you, but I felt that some of my soul need more detox than ever, more than ever. My thought patterns, my mind need more detox than ever. Now I want to speak about the following today, and I want to speak about the restless soul. The restless soul. Listen to what Genesis says, and it's a story about Cain and Abel. And we all know the story. Abel and Cain, and, and Cain became jealous, and he killed his brother, and this is what happened. Genesis 4, 11 to 12, God says, Now you are under a curse, and he's speaking to Cain. Now you are under a curse for the ground which, um, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crop for you. You will, be restless, you will be a restless wanderer on this earth. Very important. God came to Cain and he said, okay, you killed your brother. Now this is what's going to happen because of that. Firstly, the ground that you work, this, that was his trade. The ground that you work, your trade, will not yield any more crop for you because of the blood of your brother in the ground. And then secondly, you will become a restless wanderer. A restless wanderer. How many of us feel and experience that we have a restless soul? How many of us? And, and it's almost a place where you're searching but never finding. Have you ever been there? 
You're interested in everything. You're interested in everything, but you're satisfied by nothing. My mind's racing, racing, racing about do, do this, do that, do that. I need to do this and do that. And your mind is so ongoing it, it, that your soul can never rest. See, our RPMs are going as we're trying to find rest for our bodies, but, our, but we never really find a true rest for our soul. You can go and rest and take a nap and wake up and still have the same issues and wondering and your mind's still running. See, we can be anxious, we can be tense, we can be worried, we can be concerned. Our minds can just struggle and struggle to shut down. I don't know how many of you have been there. I've been there quite a few times. And even if you, you try to rest at night, internally your soul does not rest. You go to bed with the things that are bugging you. You go to bed, you sleep well, you wake up first thing in your mind. Oh, how am I going to face that today? You see, you've got a restless soul, a restless soul that never stops. I remember when we were still in Potchester, we started our ministry there in um, 2000. I, I started in 2000. And, and we were leading a campus ministry in Potchester with about 800 to 1,000 students, which is quite a tall order. I had 30 people in my, my immediately team, full campus missionaries, that we had to lead on a weekly basis, team meetings, things. And, and in, a, in a phase of planting a church in Paris, Paris Freistadt, not Europe. And we, we planted a church there. So, so our, our, our whole, um, we, we, we had this very intense tempo that we were running at. And in 2014, I remember in January, everything tripled, literally, at once. So we started early in the morning, raced through to Paris. Um, we led the church plant with about this much, about 30 people there. Preached, Salome worshipped, we fellowshiped, smiled, had coffee, jumped in our car, raced back to Potchester for our 11 o'clock service. Um, we were part of that service, led it spiritually, sometimes preached, um, finished it, smiled, had coffee, loved the people, raced home, ate behind my study, prepped for evening service and ran a campus service with 1,000 students. Then on Monday morning, I woke up. I've got about plus, plus minus 20 to 30 one-on-ones per week with that admin meetings, meeting upon meeting upon meeting, running services at weekends. And then I get home in the afternoons and 4 o'clock, I had to be at the rugby field because I was sports psychologist for the Varsity Cup first team, being there from 4 to 7 every night with the three-year-old twins at home. Running, 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 running. Then prepping every weekend, never had an off day because I had two sermons that I had to preach every weekend, every weekend, every weekend, different topics. Some, some weekends, three topics, three different churches. Um, so I never had an off day. Prep Friday, prep Saturday, prep Wednesday. I mean, it, it was crazy. Coming through that thing, my mind was racing and I was in a place where I had a restless soul. I was lying on my couch one day and suddenly I had a, I had a thought of, of killing myself, I thought, and I jumped up, and, and it freaked me out, I don't know about you, I jumped up because I knew that wasn't me, that was not me, and I realized I was overtired, my soul was restless, and racing at RPMs that was higher than normal, now, look what Solomon said about a restless soul, 
Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 2, 22, 23, he says, So what do people get in this life for all they had, for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, your mind cannot rest. Even at night, your mind cannot rest. Does it, does it seem familiar? I mean, we all go through tough, tough times, busy times in our lives, and, and sometimes you feel that I cannot sit still. My mind is racing. Some people go into workaholic mode. <laughs> I've had friends. They are literally workaholics. They cannot sit still for one hour and they have to do something because they feel guilty that they're not working. And that's a place of restlessness. It's a restlessness of soul. Now, can I be very honest this morning? How many of us in our lives has gone through a place where you're struggling with being restless. Maybe you, you have moments in your life and your weeks or maybe in your months that you feel that, I feel so restless. I don't know what to do. I, I feel guilty if I'm not doing something and if I'm doing something, I'm, not, I'm feeling I'm not doing more. more and I'm, not, I'm not doing enough. You see, we need to sometimes be honest with ourselves, especially when we get to the end of the year and we have to reflect. Now, we all want to agree that our bodies need rest. Amen? Come on. <laughs> I need a rest. I said to some of you this week, like, I can't wait for the holiday season because we need a rest. We need to sleep in. We need to have naps in the afternoon. We just need that. We, our bodies need rest. But we need to realize that our soul need rest as well. Our soul need rest. It's very important. Now, that raises the question. And it's a very important question. <laughs> I always say, where do we find rest for our soul then? If you say, you need rest for your soul, but where do I find it? Where do I find it? And I, the answer might sound very pastoral. Ah, oh, it's just a pastoral answer for you maybe this morning. But it is so true that no matter if it sounds cliche, it is so true. You see, the one, and only, the one and only place we can truly find rest for our soul is in God. It is in God. Look what David said in Psalm 62. Truly my soul does what? Find rest in God. Rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. I love that, that scripture. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. You see, my soul, your soul, inwardly, internally, all we are, everything we are, only can only find rest in God. The only place that can help us find rest. You see, there's no person, there's no thing, there's no experience, there's no vacation, there's no dream home, there's no amount of money, there's no thing outside of God that can bring rest. You see, our soul finds rest in Him alone, in God alone. Look what St. Augustine, amazing, from early, early centuries, he said the amazing thing, he said, he was writing and he said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. Isn't that amazing? There's so many things in life that we find rest in. Holiday, rest, nap time, spending fun time. 
But there's actually only one thing that brings us to a place of true rest in our soul, and that is in God. You see, man will always be restless if they pursue life without God. Always. We'll always seek for answers. We'll always make plans without God. But there's only one place that we will find answers, true rest, true significance in that place, and that is in God, in Him. Look what Jesus said. Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine 29 says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Take, your, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. See, Jesus was speaking about our mind, our will, our intellect that's running, 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 running. I need to do this. I've got to, my work, people, I need to care for this. I need to pay this over. God says, come to me and you will find rest. Just come to me. Come to me. So where do we find rest for our souls? In God alone. In God alone. Now the golden question is, how? <laughs> how do we find rest in God alone? It's a good question, isn't it? We need sometimes we need to ask how. Lord, show me how. If I know it's in you, then how do I find that rest in you? How do I find the rest, Father? What do I do to find it? Now I'm giving a lot of scripture today. And it's for a reason, because I want to fill our hearts with a lot of scripture. Because when we fill our hearts with scripture, the word convicts us to live according to rhythms of grace. There's a rhythm that grace gives. There's a rhythm that the word comes and we live according to that rhythm. And it's not according to the pressures or the secondhand toxin smoke that we're inhaling. We need those rhythms of grace. Because there's a lot of toxins. Come on. You just switch on the TV, open your social media, um, listen to uh, people in town. There's a lot of toxins we have to listen to. A lot of things. But when we come to God, we enter that rhythms of grace. As we take the word and wash ourselves with that word, there's something that comes. You see, that toxins says, go, 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 go. Work, 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 work. Do, 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 do. Move, move, move. That's what the toxin says every day. That's what we're inhaling. That's what we're used to. But when we seek him first, he'll add everything that matters. He does. He really do. See, if you are rested in your soul, we'll be far more productive. Most people think, I need to be productive. But if you're rested in your soul, productiveness in life, in your body, is so much easier. So much. Now, there's three thoughts I want to look at quickly before I end this today. I'm not going to be long. Three thoughts of how we find rest in our soul. Three thoughts. Are you ready? Number one is to be still before God. Now you might say, Henny, but this is simple stuff. Not Afrikaans simple. English. This is simple things. Is it? Is it really to be, to be still before God? Now listen to Psalm 46. I'm, I'm, I'm quoting a lot of Psalms today because David was in a place of, of intimacy with God the most than anyone. He said, be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. Now notice the psalmist doesn't say be busy and know. <laughs> he 
He doesn't say be busy. He didn't say be productive and no. He didn't say be worried or be anxious or be all wrapped up inside and know that I'm God. No, no. He said be still. Be still and know that I am God. See, how many of us or, or, or of us have been around a child that, that cannot sit still? <laughs> Come on. You just have to be a parent and wave your hands. Now, I remember when, when these two amazing women that, that grew up so quick were about three years old. Everything, I, I just told you the scenario, they were busy. <laughs> they were either standing, making handstands or running around or shouting or, or fighting on something. And I'm not, I'm not saying them, I'm just giving an example. Because every, every, every parent will say, Amen, yes, my child was the same. But they were busy and they were two. <laughs> two at once. And they, they teamed up against us sometimes. <laughs> I feel like, and then I just, some days I'm at home and I'm working and I just hear my wife shouting, Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> they just be quiet for one moment I just want to think for one moment or we want to have a conversation yes we are normal it happens in our lives as well <laughs> we are not the holy ones that you think we're, we are also normal we would, we would have a conversation it's like mama this and papa this and, and then it's like okay shh just so we can just finish one conversation today now just as we need to tell our kids sometimes to sit still and shut up, sorry for the hard word, or be quiet, we sometimes need to take control of our restless soul. We need to be able to say, soul, be still. Shut up. Quit running. Be quiet. Be still. We need to. We have to. It's necessary for us to be able to do that. For soul, sit down and be still. Listen to, to Psalm 131. I love this psalm. It says, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. I always say when I looked at a little baby, I mean, that is peace in essence right there. When a baby sleeps, it is absolute peace, quiet calmness. Their soul is not in turmoil. Their soul is not running everywhere because they were weaned by their mother. And that's how God comes and says, come to me as your father or your, or your mother so that I can wean your soul, so that I can bring you to a place of being still in Him. Isn't that beautiful? You see, Restlessness, a restless soul or not, one of the most important disciplines we need to have is to become still before God. It's one of the most important disciplines for us, especially when your soul is restless. And we need to do it daily. It's a discipline we need to learn. You see, the sole purpose of, 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 of being still before God is to, to know Him deeper. To get to know more of Him, more of Him in every way. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Now I want to I invite everyone to take this to heart for the holiday. Uh, call it homework, call it whatever you want to. But I want to challenge you this holiday season as you go away, if you sit at home, but to take five minutes every day. Close the door. 
Um, or if you're at the beach and the house is small, go to the beach and sit there alone and just become quiet. Just become still before God. Time yourself if you have to. And it's not as easy if you've tried Become still for five minutes. In the first 30 seconds, I think, ooh, I have to do this now. Ooh, I maybe have to do that. Your mind goes all over. But practice. Practice to do that. You see, if you feel you have to, <coughs> you, 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 you don't have time, because that, that was my excuse for so many years. I don't have time to be still now for five minutes. But maybe it's time to make time. <laughs> and, and, and I'm preaching for myself as well. To, to make time this holiday season, to make time to sit still before God. Just take that five minutes and be still before Him. It's amazing how much we rush past our Heavenly Father every day. I'm guilty so many times. Why I just rush past Him to do ministry things. And then we miss that still moments with God. Number two is to wait for Him. Wait for Him. Wait for Him. Listen to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and do what? Wait patiently for Him. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you like waiting? <laughs> I don't like. I, like, I don't like. I think it's an internal thing of the human race as we don't like waiting. I can prove it to you. Just go to Home Affairs. <laughs> go to Home Affairs and renew your passport or ID or do something. And then you will see how much of that waiting thing becomes tested inside of you. Because we don't like waiting. And the people there, I think, are trained to let you wait. You can be the only one. And it's like, just wait there for one moment. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love them. You see, nobody loves waiting. Why? Because waiting is not just, we, we want it now. We want it now. People say all of the time, how do I hear God? How do I hear from God? I don't know how to know when God is speaking to me. You know what? Wait for Him. Be still and wait. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. There is a secret in that this morning. Andy Stanley, I don't know if most of you know Andy Stanley, he was doing this leadership thing and, and one of the guys asked him, one of, one of the greatest speakers of our time, greatest pastors, ministers, preachers, book writers, amazing. And I asked him, Andy, how do you connect, stay connected with God on a daily basis? And he said something amazing. He said, you know, I wake up early in the morning because I'm an early morning person and I take my Bible because I know early mornings I'm quiet. Nobody will bother me. I'm going to be still. Time doesn't, doesn't, um, um, doesn't compel me to do something. And I sit there and I open my Bible and I just start reading. And I just read and wait. And I read and wait for God to speak to me. And as I read, sometimes it can take five scriptures and God starts speaking to me and I stop and I meditate in that scripture. Sometimes it takes five chapters, but I just start reading and waiting. Reading and waiting. And as I read and I wait, God starts speaking whenever I'm waiting. I love that, don't you? I love that. Wait on God. Seek Him and be still. 
Listen to Psalm 130, and this is one of the most amazing principles that I want to show you out of the Amplified this morning. It says, I wait patiently for the Lord. My soul expectantly waits. My mind, my will, my intellect expectantly wait on God. I need to shut down things in my life that keeps me busy, but I'm waiting on Him expectantly. Then He says, and in His word do I hope. There's a hope. And then he says, my soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. Now a watchman in that time, in, in, in the Old Testament, was guys who stood on the walls and they watched through night for the enemies. They were guarding the palace, or guarding the fortress. And they were alert all night, watching out for enemies. But they were expectant for the sun to come up because they know then the threat is gone. Because the enemy won't attack at, day night, at daylight, they will only attack at night. You see, sometimes we, there's something that we know that is a given, that the sun will come up tomorrow morning. If I say, sure, I really hope the sun comes up tomorrow morning. We don't have to hope. There's an expectation with the hope that the sun will come up tomorrow morning. Now, I want to I almost tell you that when we wait upon God, there's an expectancy of Him to show up. Like the watchman would expectant for the sun to come up the next morning. So expectant we need to be for God to show up when we wait. And sometimes not be impatient, but wait upon Him. Wait. And as we wait, God comes and He shows up. You see, when we wait for God, just like the watchman with the same divine expectation for the sun to come up, God is going to show up. Just as the sun is going to come up tomorrow morning, God is going to show up. That's what I usually tell myself. Just as the sun is coming up, God will show up. And I want to encourage you this morning, as you become still in your quiet time, still in that five minutes in your life, and wait upon Him. Just wait upon Him. He will show up. He will speak to you. He will answer you. Because there's power in waiting. Then number three, I want to end with this, is to reflect on His goodness. You see, so often being still, we are tempted to think about all the things that need to be done. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> when I get still, I think about, oh, I need to do this, I need to feed the dog, I need to run this, I need to remember to call so-and-so, I need to remember to, oh, yes, my wife said take the bin out. Oh, and, and, and after my five minutes of being quiet, I've, I've thought about all these other things except them. Um, just focusing on Him. And we will be tempted to think about everything we need to do instead of thinking about all that God has already done. You see, it's very important. Stop thinking about what you need to do in your five minutes of quiet time. Maybe it's half an hour if you can be quiet for half an hour. Stop thinking about what you need to do, but think about what God has done already. Listen to Psalm 116. It's my last scripture for this morning. It says, Return to you, return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered, from, delivered my soul from death, your, my eyes from tears, and my feet from failing. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Sorry, this is a spelling mistake. In the land of the living. See, we need to realize that no matter how or what we face in this life, that no challenge, no sickness, no pandemic, no issue in our lives can stop 
or change the goodness of God in our lives. Isn't that amazing? Nothing can do that. Nothing can change God's goodness. And if we will will pause and become still and reflect on what God has done in the midst of this pandemic, you will be blessed. If I just start speaking and telling you how much God has blessed us as a family in in a pandemic on lockdown time, where it was the toughest thing financial, God did the greatest things financially. (laughs) It's just incredible. For our church, God has done so much for our church in the toughest times where churches didn't have income. God blessed us. And there's so many things that you start thinking about God's goodness when you start being still. It's like, Lord, thank you for doing this this year. And and I want to encourage you to, when you take your still times before God, think about 2020. Everybody fills you with bad toxins of thinking, oh, it's been such a bad year. We don't want this year ever again. But start thinking about God's goodness, of what He actually has done through this year. And if you start thinking, start writing down, you would be amazed of God's goodness. You see, if we pause and become still and reflect, something amazing happens. It does. All it takes is to be still, to wait for Him, to reflect and know that, that His love will never stop. His provision will never stop. He will never, never, never leave us alone. He will never stop speaking to us. We just need to be still, wait for God, and reflect on His goodness. And in that moment, there's a detoxing of your soul. In that moment. And when your soul starts detoxing, there's a renewing of your soul. I want to invite you this morning, as we're finishing, I want us to have a, a quiet moment. And just for a few minutes, I want you to reflect, be still, and wait on Him this morning, and reflect this morning on His goodness. Reflect on what He has done for you. And let's trust God in this moment, before I pray, that He will show up. So let's just take a moment. thank you this morning Father in this quiet moment we know that you are good Father your goodness never ends that your your greatness in our lives is more radiant than ever 
your calling and your purpose for our lives has never changed, Father. That your voice speak more clearer than ever, Father, more louder than, than anything around us, Father. Father, I pray this morning that, that we will step into that place of detoxing our soul. Detoxing our soul from so many things that's pulling us from you, Father. And Father, I pray this morning that, that there will be a newness in our spirit. That our spirit will overflow into our soul and that, that it will have a tremendous effect on our body. Father, I thank you this morning. Thank you for a healing moment right now. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.